Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Amen. I want to read tonight in the book of Romans, chapter number two, and begin reading at verse number one. Romans chapter two, verse number one. Bible says, therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, You are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good. Let me hear you say good. In doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking, And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God." Tonight's subject, continuing our Bible prophecy series, is all your good will pay off in eternity. All your good, it is going to pay off in eternity. Amen. When I was about five years old, six years old, I'm not really sure, I had a dream. I had a dream. I opened my eyes. How I know a dream is from God is I will remember exactly how it began and exactly how it started. Most dreams, you don't know how it began. You just kind of know the middle of it. You have no idea where you got to where you got to. But in a dream from God, I will always know how it began and always how it ended. And I had a dream. I opened my eyes and I looked down and I saw literally streets like gold. Streets like gold, but it was a gold that I've never seen before. You know, I've seen gold bars. I don't own any, by the way, if you're wondering. You know, I heard you can fit a million dollars of gold in a shoebox. That's how much money gold is. Think about that. I saw streets of gold, and I looked up, and I saw these beautiful houses. They looked like villas, and they were decorated with stones and bricks and metal and jewels and things, things that I can't even describe that I've never even seen before. 
And the sky was not blue. The sky was more like a, the color of orange, like a bright amber and kind of like a purplish color. And I remember looking. It was like light didn't shine on things. It was almost like it scattered across things and everything had like luster. Everything sparkled. It was beautiful. And a man came forward and I looked up at this man and he looked down at me and he said, Hello, Sir Justin. I cannot wait to see you up here someday. This man had on a really nice, it looked like a linen shirt, a white linen shirt. And it came down to about the middle of the thigh. Pants on that were like the color of copper. And shoes that were the exact same way, but they were kind of pointy. And uh, I woke up and didn't realize who I saw, who that was, until I started looking at old family pictures. And I realized I saw my, my mother's father, my grandpa Dyson. When, but uh, when I saw him in the dream, you know, he passed away uh, in, in the 1980s. He was in his 60s. I remember looking up at him, but he did not look like the older man, the 60-year-old man that I saw in pictures. But I saw some pictures of him when he was younger, and I looked up and I saw him as he was when he was about 30 years old in pictures that I have seen. And I didn't realize what I was looking at at that moment in time until I got a little bit older, but I had a vision of what paradise would one day be in heaven. And ever since that dream, I have made it my purpose and I have made it my goal to let my grandpa's wish that he hopes to see me up in heaven one day come to pass. And I got to tell you, there are some days I wonder... Am I doing enough to make it there that day? Am I really doing it right? Am I really pleasing the Lord? Have I really been walking, as it were, in the footsteps of my grandpa and my forefather to make it there someday? And the moments when I feel like that are the moments that is exactly what is being described here in this Bible. And that is a message to the church. Never, ever lose your patience in doing that which is good. Meaning, never give up on doing what pleases the Lord. Never give up on what gives God pleasure. Because ultimately, God doesn't want to reward you here and now. Because if you have reward here and now, you're not going to have it up in heaven eternally. But I want to tell you, for those of you that feel like you've not been honored yet in your walk with God, that honor is coming. For those of you that feel no glory at all, that glory is coming. For those of you that feel like you're at one dead end after another, let me tell you, immortality is coming to you one day in heaven. Amen. Don't be weary in doing what is good. But if we will remain faithful and not faint, amen, you will reap a crown of righteousness and a crown of glory and immortality in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And that day is coming soon and very soon, amen. Charles Dyson is up there. Many of your grandparents are up there. Many of the saints are already up there, amen. And the day is coming, amen, where we'll be no more worshiping a ceiling or worshiping carpet, Amen. Or looking at a back wall, but you and I are going to look at Jesus face to face, amen, and worship him forever. There's going to be no more Monday morning or no more Thursday morning, but it's going to be like Wednesday night and Sunday morning, amen, for all eternity. I've come to tell you, keep on doing good, amen, for you will reap the goodness of God for all eternity. Can you praise the Lord? Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. Church, I saw it. I got a glimpse of just the streets. Amen. They are exactly the way the Lord describes it. They are like gold. I mean, you think about that. Have you ever seen a street made of gold? We've got concrete out there. And if those of you that have been looking around that, that concrete needs a little bit of love in some various spots. Yeah, there's no streets of gold out here. I mean, some of the prettiest streets in all of the world, what are they usually made of? Cobblestones, right? Up there, they're made of gold. Where the people walk, where the angels go to and from, the places that we walk are made of gold. How do you think the houses are going to be like? What the beds are going to be like? What everything is going to be like? That is your reward for the good that you do here and now. I've had many other dreams of heaven and many other dreams of the end time. It's like God from time to time gives me just a simple glimpse of the good things that are going to come to pass someday soon and very soon. When we talk about Bible prophecy, two things should come to your mind. Eternity with the Lord or eternity in judgment. And that is what the beginning of Romans is all about. We quote a lot from Romans. It's a book that is often referenced, especially in the American church. And it's probably because America is so much like Rome. Our government structure is very similar to Rome. A lot of our architecture is very similar to Rome. And our culture is a lot like Rome. And the message given to the Roman church at that time speaks to us to this day. The apostle opens the book in chapter 1 talking about where a lot of the origins of wickedness came from. He said it was a civilization, referring to Babel, in the book of Genesis you can read about it, a generation that forgot about God, forgot about the truth, and began to worship the creature more than the creator. He doesn't go into too many details, you can read about it in various places of the Old Testament. But essentially, the doctrine that came out of Babel was that God was not spirit, but God was a physical thing that you could see, and it was the sun that would arise in the east and set in the west. And Nimrod, along with many other false prophets and false teachers, began a kingdom called Babel, and they taught that this great sun was named Baal, and that long before mankind ever lived, Baal was married to Ishtar, which we call the moon. And together they had a son, his name was Tammuz, that you and I now know as Saturn. And they taught that Ishtar, the wife of Baal, left him and divorced him and married her son, Saturn, Tammuz. And that mother and that son in their marital union left the day and created the night. And through their union birthed all of the stars and all of the constellations of heaven, including earth and all of the animals and man. Kind, leaving Baal to live alone in solitude throughout the day. But at night, you have all of the luminaries and all of the powers. That is where they taught that mankind came from, that mankind came from a dysfunctional family, that mankind came from gods who were constantly in chaos. And through all of their lifestyle, birthed this world and birthed mankind. That is why mankind is constantly at war. And that is why mankind is constantly evil and chaos. 
I don't want to go into too many more details about it. Maybe you come back to discipleship one. I do a whole lesson <laughs> about it. And by the end of it, everybody's looking at me like, oh, my goodness, thank God for Christianity. <laughs> you want to know why? We don't believe that God is lonely and angry. And we don't believe that the world began in chaos and in conflict, but rather one powerful God created this world. And you read about his creation after every day he looks down and says, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. A good God created this world to be good. And so much of what he has created is still good. The sun still obeys him. The moon still obeys him. The stars still obey him. The sea and the waves, the seas and nature, it all obeys him. Really, the only thing that doesn't obey him is mankind. And mankind one day is going to wish that he obeyed him. And that day is coming. The signs are around us. And I was talking to somebody before church. They said, I just feel the coming of the Lord is drawing near. And I said, I feel that too. What we are feeling is not so much the trouble that is going to come upon the world, but the good things that you and I are going to inherit for all eternity. Praise God. That's what we're feeling. The redemption of our bodies. The putting the way of this temporal flesh and putting on glory and immortality with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, be careful not to judge. Because this is what was going on in the Roman church at that time. They were coming out of paganism. They stopped worshiping the sun. They stopped worshiping the moon. They stopped worshiping the stars. They stopped worshiping the creature and the idols and all of those things. Denounced all of those doctrines and worshiped the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lord Jesus Christ. But many of them looked at what they came from and began to judge it. And looked at others from where they came from and began to judge it. And Paul, through the gifts of the Spirit, knew that yes, many of them had repented. Yes, many of them had obeyed the gospel, but he said, a lot of you don't do it anymore, but you take pleasure in watching those that do it. He said, you will be judged in the same manner, even though you may not do it, but you take pleasure in watching the sin of this world. And that is a message to the apostolic church in the last days. And Satan, it's one of his greatest lives among us. He may not be able to deceive us to do it, but we love watching others get it done. And we love taking pleasure in the sins of others by what we read and by what we watch and who we hang out with. And God is saying, yes, you can preach against what they do, but if you love what they do and take pleasure, you're going to be judged along with them. It's always been a principle in the Bible. You can judge, just be sure you're not doing what you're judging because you're going to be judged along with them. But for those of us who have repented of our sins and washed it away, we don't judge any man for we know God is the judge. But what we do with sincerity of heart and with fear and trembling, we warn people of the judgment to come. And it doesn't just stop there. We give them the hope to get out of that judgment and to have eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is a judgment-free zone church. But you better believe it is not a warning-free zone, free in this church. Amen. 
We warn people of the wrath to come. We warn people of the judgment to come. The day that we take hell out of our dialogue, the day that we take the coming tribulation out of our dialogue is the day, amen, that the principle and the foundational doctrine of the church of the living God begins to cease to exist. Why did Jesus come? To seek and to save that which was lost. To save us from what? To save us from what? To save us out of hell and to have a name with him in heaven. Praise the Lord. I remember studying Bible prophecy years ago, trying to figure out this and to figure out this and begin to ask God questions. I even went on a fast for answers. You know what the Lord spoke to me after that fast? He just told me, be ready. Be ready. And I felt to do it. We talked about it last week. I'm talking about it tonight. Taking a break from the Antichrist and the signs and the vials and all of that. And just simply talking to us about the principles on how to be ready. And when you are ready, what you are going to inherit for all of eternity. It is glory honor, and immortality for anybody who patiently continues on in good. Our patience has been tried in this generation. COVID-19, the lockdown, who was our patience tried? My goodness. Some of you lost your cool with the mask. (laughs) Some of you lost your patience with all that social distancing. Some of us lost our patience with politics and economics. A lot of people are losing their patience with this war and other things like that. And I'm certainly not going to judge you or warn you. That's your business, however you feel about it. But let me tell you this, never give up on doing good. Never give up on doing good. Not too long ago, I was out with a friend, and he said, let's go to dinner here. And we showed up, and they said, it's a 20-minute wait. And he said, Justin, I'm not waiting for that. Let's go to another restaurant. We got there, and they said, it's a 15-minute wait. He said, I'm not waiting 15 minutes. Let's go to another restaurant. He said, uh, we walked in. They said, it's a 10-minute wait. He said, I'm not waiting 10 minutes. I'm hungry now. Let's go. By the time we got to the restaurant, we had already skipped out for about 40 minutes. (laughs) Don't be like that with doing good. Don't be like that with following the Lord and living after God and loving God, my friend. I know sometimes it feels like you're not getting places with God and you feel like your walk with God, all of the good you are doing and all the things you are repenting from, you're not seeing the benefits and the blessings of it. You know what's going on there? God is saying, I don't want you to have earthly rewards. I don't want that to be your reward. Yes, I'll bless you. When you sacrifice and leave all, amen, I will bless you. But ultimately, your glory and your honor and your immortality is not of this earth, but it is of heaven. And if we receive earthly rewards, we won't have any heavenly rewards. I want all the great eternal rewards I can get because the rewards in this life are only temporary, but heaven's rewards are eternal Praise the Lord. Praise God. Never ever lose your patience in doing that which is good. It's easy to look at this world, all of their sin, all of their ungodliness, and see some. Why are they getting the promotion? Why are they getting all the good deals? Why are they getting all the good benefits here in this life? And I feel like I cannot get ahead. I feel like I cannot prosper 
as good as the sinners? Am I doing something wrong? Paul is saying here to the Roman church and to us here in Kansas City in the year 2022, never ever lose your patience in what you're doing good because you will receive your reward. That's what the Bible teaches. You do good, you will be rewarded. But to the world, those who do not repent, those who have a hard heart, those who are self-seeking, do not obey truth, obeying unrighteousness, it says they are laying up for themselves treasure in the day of wrath and then in the day of judgment. You notice what it says there in Romans chapter 2. You might want to go back and reread it. Those who participate in these things, the ungodliness upon them is promised indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish. You know what that's talking about? The tribulation, the seven-year tribulation or three years of tribulation in hell. Nowhere does it mention that the righteous experience those things. We're not going through the tribulation, church. If you do, you're a backslidden. That's what the tribulation is about. It's for the backslidden church. But the church of the living God, what do we receive? Glory, honor, and immortality. That's what the Bible says. I know right now it seems like the good are inheriting so many things. That's because we're not in the tribulation right now. But understand this, the day will come and everything will shift and they will have wished they would have chosen the Lord. They will have wished they would have repented of all of their evil. They would have wished they would have lived for God because let me tell you, the judgment of God is something you cannot escape. The wrath of God is nothing that you can hide from. The tribulation and the anguish that is sent from God is nothing that you can endure. I remember when I was about 14 years old and I was kind of, I wasn't backslidden, but the world began to appeal to me. And things that my other friends were doing after leaving grade school and becoming teenagers, and you know how it is, teenagers do what teenagers do. And I learned how to say no. But can I tell you, a lot of the things they did, I began to get curious about it and interested in it. And I'll never forget being over at one friend's house and the TV was on and there was a rock star on the screen there. Maybe you've heard of him, Marilyn Manson. And he was up there with a Bible in front of his large audience. And he said in this Bible, it says here, you got to be saved to go to heaven. But he said, the way I figure it, you can be yourself and go to hell. And I'll never forget what I felt there in that moment. I know it's nothing I recommend watching, but I needed to hear that and see that at that moment. I realized in that moment that not everybody believes the way I was taught. And not everybody has the fear and the respect of God that I was raised up to have. But there are people out there that are absolutely defiant against what we preach and what we believe. That is the wickedness that the world is talking about. The self-indulgent. Those who are self-seeking. Those who have made it up in their mind, no matter what comes their way, they're just going to get through it. I've heard people say it to me that when they get to hell, they're not worried about it because they've been able to deal with and conquer all in this own life. And whatever happens in hell, they're just going to deal with it. Oh, my friend. 
That's the judgment of God, and you'll never be able to deal with that. That is the pain and the anguish that the Word of God warns us about. And let me tell you, it is real. It is real. It is real. That's why you've got to be patient and continuing to do that which is good because there is a greater offer than eternal life in torment, eternity in judgment. It is the free gift of God's salvation to spend eternity in heaven, praise the Lord. To have the opportunity to receive glory and honor and immortality from God, praise the Lord. You think about that. The Bible promises us that God will never share his glory with another man. The Bible says here in Romans 2 that in eternity you will receive glory. Understand this. It is not the sharing of God's glory. You and I will not be worshipped in heaven. No angel will be worshipped in heaven, but only God will be worshipped in heaven. You know what the glory is that you're going to receive in heaven? It is simply going to be a little bit of God saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, Chiefs kind of broke our heart this past Sunday, right? But there was a few good plays. And oh, it's so fun to see your team win. It's so fun to see your team celebrate. You know what's going on there? It's the glory of a touchdown. It's the glory of hopefully making those field goals. My goodness. You know what's going on there? Man is praising. Well done. Good job. Thanks for making me happy. Thanks for giving us a W. Thanks for giving us good plays. Your good pleasure for your team is how they are receiving glory. And the glory that you're going to get in heaven is to look at God face to face and he says to you, you did so good. You did so well. You served me. You made me happy. You won for me. Nothing's going to happen in heaven. The Bible says that witnesses will be called forth to judge every man. For us, yes, judgment begins at the house of God. God is always looking to make sure you're living right, doing it right. But when the day comes and we stand before heaven, he's already going to judge the world. He's going to tell exactly everybody why you went to hell. This is why you did it. He'll call witnesses forward to have witnesses of those who rejected the Lord so no man was out of excuse. But for us, it's going to be judgment as to why you are in heaven. You know what's going to happen there? God is going to bring witnesses forward. Were you there when they repented? Think about that right now. Who was there when you repented of your sins? One day, they are going to be brought forward, and they're going to say, on this date, at this time, I saw it. They repented. Were you baptized in Jesus' name? Who was there? God is going to say, come forward and give witness that they obeyed. Amen. That message. Who was ever there who received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Amen. Who was ever there for you? They're going to come forward and say, I saw them receive that gift. I heard them speak in that heavenly language. For those of you, amen, when temptation was so strong and the devil and this world and carnality was trying to pull you back into it and you resisted, there is a witness there, if not of man, but an angel in heaven. 
God may just call an angel and say, yeah, they didn't see me, but I saw them. They said no to the alcohol. They said no to the drugs. They said no to the perversion. They said no to this and this and this and this. Praise God. You are going to be judged for your good. God's going to bring up those various moments throughout your life, the main key moments of good that you did to lead you to heaven. That is the glory you are going to get. Well done, good and faithful servant. He's going to honor you. And I tell you this, I am somewhat, can't wait for that. So let me tell you, this, is, this church loves the word. Let me tell you what, it really does. It really does. But I got to tell you, one Sunday not too long ago, I preached my heart out here. And I came down to the altar to somebody, a younger man in this church, and I was hoping he would hug my neck and cry on my shoulder and say, that was the most powerful message I've ever heard. But I walked up to him and he said, hey, man, you want to see this video I just posted on my social media? Check this out. And I'm like, it's about right. A lot of us that have taught class, that have made disciples, that have done a lot of the work, no trophies. We don't have like a big disciple maker of the month award back there with our plaques and all of that. You know why? It's not about that for us here. But you better believe it. It's all about it in heaven. The Lord wants to honor you before all what you did to make eternal life happen. All of the people you touched, all of the great things you did, all of those you prayed for, for their healing, all of the devils you cast out, all of the spiritual warfare, all of the things you did, amen, for this church and for our pastor, for the children's ministry, for the youth ministry, for global missions, all of those things, the Lord wants to honor you. So that it's no secret what you did, but all of your good works are going to be displayed in heaven. I know they teach it and preach it out there. That salvation is just as simple as ABC. And all you got to say is just this one prayer and you are born again and saved. Oh, my friend, that is so wrong and so off. And there's a lot of preachers out there, they're going to have to answer for, to God for proclaiming a false gospel. Let me tell you this, what you do here in this life does matter. Some say I said a little prayer when I was eight years old at some camp, never been back to church since, but I am saved. And then there's some that say, I repented, was baptized, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I walked away, I'm not doing the church thing, but I'm still saved. Oh, let me tell you, there's no difference between you and them. The Bible says that God will bring every work into judgment, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And I want God, when he makes that judgment time, to look and say, Justin forsook the evil and he did that which was good day in and day out. It wasn't always easy to do good, but he did it. It wasn't always cool or socially acceptable to do good. I know some of his friends backslid and fell away. I know he had opportunities here and there and to do this and that, but he followed my will. He stayed the course and he did that which was good and I'm going to honor him in front of everybody in heaven. 
That's what I want. Think about that. It's like Bishop Hoffman said at men's conference. The first heaven is the atmosphere where the birds fly and the clouds float around. You and I can see that. The second heaven is where the sun, the moon, and the stars are. You and I can see that. But the third heaven is nothing that you can see with your eye, but only we see it by faith. And in service here tonight, I felt it on Sunday. I felt it so many times. Not only the presence of God, but I feel heaven itself. When I'm there, I really don't even want to go back to my car. I don't even want to go back to my house. I don't even want to go to a restaurant here in Kansas City because when I feel that, I realize what I feel now is my true home. It is my true place. It's where I'm going to spend all eternity. I'm only going to be here for about 70 years or so, but I'm going to be with the Lord for all eternity. It's my true home, praise God. That's why we lay up treasures for that place because it's eternal. That's why we do good for that place because I want to please the Lord, amen, and to have his glory and to have his honor bestowed upon me for all eternity. Can you say amen? Amen. If the musicians would please come, our praise team. Word said where we read, those who patiently continue to do good, their good will be paid off with immortality. I get asked this question a lot by people. When I'm in heaven, will I be skinny? (laughs) Will all my hair come back? (laughs) I get that a lot. There's nothing wrong with asking that. Everybody wants to know what you're going to look like in heaven. My grandpa sure was thin in that picture. He looked good. Every dream that I've ever seen where people are in heaven, angels, visions that I've had. I tell you, everybody looks very good and very well and at perfect peace. But the thing that I see in the word and things that I've seen and things that I've experienced, the thing that impresses me the most is about people in that day and that time is there is no end in sight. It's heaven forever. It's paradise forever. I want you right now to think about your favorite vacation that you've ever taken. Your favorite vacation is just a small glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. Your job, your work is gone. Employment is gone. The need to having to work and to survive and to make it, and to, that's all gone. Everything that you want and ever hoped for, it is right there because work is a curse and that curse has been gone the only thing we're going to do is serve the Lord and serving the Lord right now like here in this worship service that's not work oh no that's pleasure I get a thrill out of it oh it's wonderful it's all gone you will never age you will never get old you will be like an angel in heaven you will live forever with the Lord I want you right now to think about forever eternal life My favorite vacation that I've ever taken is when I usually go to the beach. I love the ocean. It's so therapeutic sounding just to hear that ocean. And I remember one time looking at the beach and looking at all the specks of sand there on the coast. God began to deal with me and he said, if you could count every speck of sand, how many do you think it would be? I said, I don't know, Lord, billions and billions. He said, that's right. That's not even close to eternity. If you could count all of the specks of sand on every beach in the world that's not even close to eternity. 
I've made up my mind. I want to be in eternity in the best place that I can be, and that is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand together. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world, but he lost his own soul? You know what that means? That if you can gain the salvation of your soul, you have more than if you gain the entire world. Think about what it would be like to own the world, to be able to drive whatever car you wanted, to live in that perfect house, to have all of the nice clothes and to eat at all of the restaurants and to do all of your favorite excursions. What if you were able to do all of that because you gained the entire world? Let me tell you this, the richest man in the world right now doesn't even compare to the man who will have the lowest status in heaven. (laughs) The man that will have the lowest status in heaven because we're going to be recorded according to our works. Not everybody's going to get the same in heaven. There's going to be those who have greater honor than others, but those who has the lowest honor in heaven will be richer and have more prestige and honor and glory than the richest man to ever live upon the earth. That is why it is emphasized over and over. You must be saved. You must be ready. You must be right with the Lord. And the way the devil deceives us is wearing out our patience in serving the Lord. Be patient in doing good. You may not see the effects of it now, but you are one day going to see it in heaven. Can we raise our hands right now to our Lord? Amen, who has given us this gift of eternal life. That's why we do this. It's not just to jump and shout and feel good. Oh no, we do this because we're going somewhere with it. We don't just have this to feel good here and no. Oh no, we have this because we have a destiny, an eternal habitation with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why He came. It wasn't just to redeem us here on this earth. Oh no, it was to redeem us for eternity. Amen. That's what salvation is all about. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's why you've got to continue to do good and to follow the Lord. And if there's anybody in this room that just wants to do good for your good God, I invite you to come down to this altar right now and just commit your goodness, everything that you're going to do in life, to the good works of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) To do good for Him that one day you may receive honor and glory and immortality. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. They're talking about the red heifer. They're talking about the temple being built. They're talking about war. They're talking about soon coming famine. They're talking about all of these things, folks. The end is near. It's coming. It's upon us. Will you be ready, amen, to meet the Lord in the air? That's right. Examine yourself tonight. Examine your heart. Examine your spirit. And pray, God, if there's anything in my life that's not good in your eyes, let me see it, Lord, that I might get rid of it. For Lord, I want, Lord, there to be good in me in heaven. I want my good works to be displayed. I want to be honored in heaven. Hallelujah. Call out to the Lord right now for it. Call out to the Lord right now for it. Amen. When's the last time you checked your salvation? When's the last time you made sure you checked to make sure you were right? Because salvation is not a single moment. Oh, no, it's a journey. Amen. It's your entire life given unto the Lord. Amen. Follow him, follow him, follow him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We will do good for you. For we want to be called well done, good and faithful 
servant. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.